Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of our triune God, my dear fellow redeemed, there is a bit of a joke in our household that if our children have a question about their homework and it has to deal with history, religion, or literature, they know to come and ask me. But if it's anything about math, they know they should not ask me at all. Math has never really been one of my strong suits. Now, I can do simple things, add, subtract, multiply, divide, percentages, that sort of thing. But when it comes to higher level math, algebra, geometry, these are like a foreign language to me. I simply have no idea what's going on and am hopelessly lost. Now, the reason I say this this morning is because as we are talking about Christian giving, the Apostle Paul this morning gives us something that should be a relatively simple math formula for us. Paul writes, on the first day of every week, each of you is to set something aside in keeping with whatever he gains. Now that seems simple and straightforward. Paul here is talking about proportional giving, that we are to take a portion of the blessings that the Lord has given it given to us, and return them for his service. But there's a question that we want to ask. When we hear that, the first thing we want to ask is, well, how much should I give? You see, by nature, we have that little voice inside of us, that little lawyer that wants to tell us, well, there has to be some set amount that if I give that much to the church, well, then God will be happy with me. We might even have in our minds because it is tax season and wonder, well, is Paul talking about a proportion of my net income or my gross income or after I subtract this from column G7 or whatever? But that's not really what Paul is talking about here in this section of Scripture. What Paul is telling us is that in our Christian freedom, God has left it up to us to make a determination on how much we want to give to the Lord. Now, as Christians, we know that everything we have in our lives, every blessing that we have received, comes from God. And we also know that God has asked us to be faithful stewards of these gifts and use a portion of them to serve the work of his church. Now, in the Old Testament, we might think that this was much easier for God's people. God was crystal clear on how much they should give. God told the people of the Old Testament that they were to set aside 10% of their income for the work of the church, for helping the priests and the Levites in the work of the temple. But as Christians, we are no longer bound by these Old Testament laws. Christ has freed us from the burden of the laws. And so the purpose of these 10 for 10 stewardship Sundays over the next several weeks is not to tell everyone in the congregation that they must give 10% of their income for the next 10 weeks. That would be wrong. That would be once again placing you under the burden of the Old Testament law that would be taking away your Christian freedom. But what these Stewardship Sundays are meant to do is to get us to think about our giving habits. 
Tithing is certainly one way that we can think about giving. Tithing is a way that we could be greatly blessed by God, but it is not something that God mandates that we are to do. We are free to give as we have determined. This is why the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Each one should give as he has determined in his heart, not reluctantly or under pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to us about proportional giving. Now, proportional giving is going to look different for different people. It is also going to look different at different times of our lives. There are going to be times in our lives when God has richly blessed us with an abundance of blessings. And in those times, we are able to give generously to the Lord. But there are also going to be times when we face trial and hardship. We may have financial responsibilities that require more of our income. We may be facing health issues. We may need to care for an aging loved one. We may be raising a family and need to provide for the needs of our family. And so during those times, we will not be able to give as much to the Lord. And dear Christian, I want to tell you that is good and pleasing to God. While God has called us to give a portion of our blessings back to the Lord, God has also called us to serve faithfully in our different vocations. At times, that means serving faithfully as a husband, a wife, a parent, or a child. Now, the purpose of these Stewardship Sundays is to have us evaluate our giving and see if we are using the gifts that God has given us to His glory. Now, on the back page of the service folder, I shared with you a Luther quote. And in that quote, Martin Luther has some useful advice about the relationship between giving and contentment. He echoes the words of Paul from 1 Corinthians that we should give out an of abundance of what we have received from the Lord. But God also does not want us to give in a way that causes us to become a financial burden on others. God does not want us to give in a way that causes our families to be in financial hardship. God does not want us to give in a way that reduces us to poverty. But Luther also cautions us not to think of abundance as the world does. Luther encourages us to be satisfied with our daily bread and not seek to have more. This is what I was kind of talking about with the children and the children's devotion about the difference between being satisfied with our needs and focusing on our wants and desires. But I think sometimes when we hear that phrase, daily bread, we, mean, we think that means that we need to be satisfied with the absolute bare minimum for survival. But that's not what daily bread means. In his explanation of the Lord's Prayer, Luther writes, daily bread includes everything that we need for our bodily welfare, such as food and drink, clothing and shoes, house and home, land and cattle, money and goods, a godly spouse, godly children, godly workers, godly and faithful leaders, good government, good weather, peace and order, health, a good name, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. 
You see, that category of daily bread is quite broad. It includes things that are there for our happiness and enjoyment. But Luther is cautioning us to not always be seeking after more and more. And as we think of everything that is included in our daily bread, we realize that we have indeed been greatly blessed by the Lord. And as we consider all of our blessings, it is good to occasionally evaluate how faithful we are as being stewards of those blessings. If we are honest, we must admit that none of us has always been a perfectly faithful steward of what God has given us. While there is nothing wrong with taking time for rest and relaxation, this is something that God encourages us to do. There are times in our lives when we pay, place too much emphasis on pursuing the things that make us happy, that give us rest and relaxation. We are not always good stewards of our time. While technology certainly is a blessing in our lives, we know that we are often guilty of spending too much time interacting with our screens and devices than we are interacting with our friends and family. Occasionally, we find ourselves falling into the trap that the world sets for us and think that if we simply amass enough wealth and possessions for ourselves, this will give our lives happiness and meaning. We also, at times, listen to the world that tells us that we should never be satisfied with what we have, that we should always be looking for the next newest and best thing because those are the things that will bring us happiness. We fall into that trap of being discontent with what we have. We fall into that trap that Luther warns about of not being satisfied with the daily bread and all the blessings that God has given us. And while it is not wrong to pursue those things for ourselves at times, there is a danger of falling into that trap of putting our priorities before God. And because we are not content, we are reluctant to use some of our blessings to support the work of God and His church. Dear friends, this is something that we all struggle with. None of us, including myself, are perfect stewards of the gifts that God has given us. None of us are always perfectly thankful for everything that God has blessed, with, blessed us with, and at times, we are not content with the many and numerous blessings that God has given us. As we consider these sins, as we consider all of our other sins, we may fall into the other trap that is right there when it comes to Christian giving. We may start thinking, well, if I increase my offerings, if I give more, this will make God happy with me. This will make up for the sins that I have committed. But there is no amount of money that we can give. There is no amount of work that we can do that will make God, that will pay for one of our sins. We can't make up for a single sin, let alone a lifetime of sinning. We needed someone greater to come and be a substitute for us. Now, dear friends, as we consider the life of our Savior, as we look at everything that he has done for us, we see Jesus there as an example of what Christian giving looks like. But Jesus is so much more than just an example. 
for us. We see in his life how he was perfectly faithful to God's will. We heard in our gospel lesson this morning an example of the perfect zeal that, God, that Jesus had for the house of the Lord. We see throughout the gospels the generosity of our Savior, how he helped the poor and needy, how he comforted those who were sick and suffering, how he was perfectly faithful and per showed perfect selfless love to all people. And all this Christ did because we cannot do these things perfectly. In our Old Testament lesson, we were reminded of God's Ten Commandments that he has given to us. And we realize that we have broken those commandments so often in our lives and we remember that Christ has perfectly kept those commandments for us. Just think of the amazing, perfect generosity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave up the glory and splendor of heaven to be clothed with human flesh to make his dwelling among us, who lived a life of humble service, of faithful love to all people, who then willingly offered that perfect life as a sacrifice to pay for the sins of the entire world. He died, dear friends, so that you and I might live. All of this Christ did, so that he could give to you that precious gift of forgiveness, a gift that is far more valuable than gold or silver or emeralds or rubies or any other wealth that this world can offer. Christ has given to you that precious gift of the forgiveness of sins. By his death, he has made you one of God's dearly beloved children. By his resurrection, he gives you that amazing treasure of eternal life in heaven that is not worth comparing with any of the wealth this world has to offer. It is in thankfulness for this amazing love that our God has shown to us that we serve him joyfully with our time, talents, and treasures. Because we have been freed from that burden of the law, we are now free to offer God our gifts of service in whatever manner we choose. Paul and Luther both suggest giving from a portion of our abundance after we see to our daily needs. But as I said before, that is going to look different at different times of our lives. At some times in our life, we may be greatly blessed by the Lord, that we are able to give 10% of all that we have been given, that we may be even able to give more than that. But there are other times when that will be a burden that is too much for us. There may be even times in our lives when we are not able to give anything to the Lord and instead have to ask others for help. This too is God-pleasing. Because in those moments, we become a blessing to someone else. We allow them the opportunity to show their love and Christian faithfulness to us to serve God and others by giving to those in need from their great abundance. Dear friends, God wants us to serve him in whatever situation we may be in. Sometimes this means being able to support the work of the church generously, and other times it means earning enough to provide for the daily bread of our families. My theme for this sermon this morning was how much should I give? And I chose that theme because I think we want a quick, short, easy answer to that question. However, it is not an easy answer. 
God wants us to give in a way that is proportionate to the blessings that we have, been, we have received. If we have been blessed generously by the Lord, then let us give generously. If we have not been blessed with as much, then let us give what we can and know that we are still faithfully serving our God in the vocation that we have been called to. God blesses us each in different ways. God blesses us with different things at different times in our lives. Each of us is different and unique. So let us serve the Lord with gladness and use all that we have to his glory. Amen.